0: Welcome everyone to what is already turning out to be possibly the most emotional (laughs) episode of the Embodied Mommy podcast. This is Alyssa Knapp, your host and my co-host for the season, Jamie Gray. Hi, Jamie. Hello. I'm the one crying already. Yep. Yep. The The tears are starting to shed. Grab your tissues if you didn't already. And then we are here with one of my Dear, dear friends, for a long, long time, soul sister, Reiki sister, all the sisters, Kathleen Questkin. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being part of what I feel is just such an important conversation because like Kathleen, you and I were talking about last night, we were just saying how you know, how the experience, so I guess I'll rewind, right. Our topic for today is talking about the fourth trimester, right. And what, and what that experience is like for a mom who has lost her mother or doesn't have her mother in her life. Um, and this, you know, I'm very grateful is not something that I can speak to personally. So, you know, I know you two women, especially Kathleen, you also with all the work that you've done in the area of grief, mm-hmm. You know, I just thought this was such an important conversation that I felt very called to to bring together and to bring to our listeners and our communities. So hence why you need your tissues. And (laughs) Jamie, can you explain a little bit about like the, where we're at right now energetically and like why this is actually such a wonderful time to have a conversation?
1: I'm crying already because Alyssa and I just like tap in and get energetically connected before each of these calls, before she hits record. And uh, we do that with our guest every single time. And we were just connecting that. And I did check. It is. It's a waning moon in Cancer. So it's just got that energy of like, we're ending a season. We're ending a month. We've got this in Cancer. Cancer is the mother of the Zodiac, you know, the deep oceans of emotion. Mm. And uh, it happens to be today that we're going to talk about grief. (laughs) And for those of us that have lost our mothers, and I would say also, like, I know we're going to speak to two of us who have lost our mothers. I'd say even, can we hold space for people who do not have good relationships mm. with their mothers or a non-existent relationship? And that relationship died, quote unquote, let's say mm. recently or many moons ago. I think it has some similarities to it.
2: Any type of loss is grief. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And before we before we get too into the deep stuff, Kathleen, we'd love if you would just share a little bit about yourself and you know what you do, and then also your experience from what you remember, right? From uh, your fourth trimester with little Sally. Little, little Sally. Another Rose. rose.
2: Another rose. Well, yeah, my name's Kathleen Hadamil Queskin. I am a wife and a mother. Um, and I am also a business owner, small business owner. Uh, I am a massage therapist, yoga instructor, a meditation guide, and I also have an entire line of herbal products. I'm very much into herbalism. Um, And as far as grief goes, uh, you know, grief changed the whole trajectory of my life. Uh, It is the reason why I'm here today uh, doing what I do. And as far as kind of going into, you know, when I was thinking about this topic, there's kind of this desire to say, "Oh, well, you know, you have to accept that they're watching over you." And it's, but the truth of the matter is, is that you know, it's it's a journey, and there's a lot of anger involved, and there's a lot of uh, you know, fighting the pity party of what could have been and I was very lucky uh, that I had you know a wonderful mother who was human like all of us but she was amazing and very much involved and um, it kind of becomes this decision of what you want to pass on to your child if you want to pass on the anger of your grief or if you want to pass on um, you know the memory of of what what you had and that kind of brings me around here one of the one of the top lessons that I've learned from grief is that every emotion that you have is a marker and so the anger is actually a marker of how good It was that you had, if that makes sense, like, you know, uh, how beautiful my mom was. That is the reason that I'm so (laughs) angry. And so kind of navigating that and um, channeling it into something. So whenever I kind of feel that pang of anger or anything like that, I make sure that I watch my words around my daughter and that I'm passing on some of the things that my mom passed on to me, which was a lot of love. My mom used to check me if I was ever having like a tantrum. And she would say, you know, are you operating out of love right now? Do you have love in your heart? And so she kind of guided me in that way. So I really tried to pass down, you know, the lessons um, that I learned. But, you know, we're community animals. Um, You know, we we need each other. And so I was very lucky that I had my sisters that were very involved. Um, And I also had my friends, you know, Alyssa, you were very much there for me during that time period. And in fact, I think it kind of was almost one of the reasons why, you know, that really, really brought us together was because you find these people in your life that hold space for you to have your feelings. And so I think that would be one of my biggest tips is to make sure that you are, um, you know, surrounding yourself with the people that understanding can help you through, you know, all, all of the ups and downs of emotions. But to say that, you know, I have it figured out, is not accurate you know it's it's consistently a journey and and having to notice you know your emotions and and all of that but sally very much knows who my mom was and uh she's had a lot of questions as she gets older but um you know the the fourth trimester particularly you know when we kind of hone in on that um you know, it was, it was tough. It was tough, especially knowing that my mom loved to be a grandma. And, you know, um, it was definitely, definitely a time period where I was trying to find myself and I had to definitely kind of re re, uh, go, go over my grief over and over again, you know, trying to, trying to kind of make sense of, make sense of it. So, um, my other tip would be to channel it. So when you have this energy that's going on in your body, the only way that the world works is through reciprocation and the exchange of energy. Um, that's how our ecosystem works. That's how energy works. So when you have this energy, you have to do something with it. And um, and so channeling it into being a good mom, channeling it into, um, you know, your passions and making sure that you're doing something that honors the way that you're feeling. Um, I think also one leg up that I have is that I'm Hispanic. And so in my family, we're very much like ritualistic. So we, light candles. And, you know, you go into my, my aunt's houses and my grandmother's houses, and they always have a small altar with pictures of everybody that's passed. And they very much honor that part of life. And so, you know, I, I definitely have that. I'm, I'm blessed that I knew that ritual of, okay, okay. I'm feeling very overwhelmed with becoming a mom without a mom. I need to put a picture of my mom in the window. I need to light a candle and I need to bring my baby with me. And so I'm holding my baby and lighting this candle, crying and the whole bit, but it's honoring and not stuffing it down to a place that just implodes within you, you know? So I don't know, that was a lot of information, but it's just <laughs> kind of like everything that I've been thinking about since this topic came up of you can't stuff it down. It will create illness in some way. You have to bring it up and, and do almost a little bit of shadow work of, of acknowledging the, the dark parts of it so that you can then create a space for light. Um, so I think that that kind of that's kind of where I'm at. But yeah, I, when when I was thinking about the topic, you know, like I said, there is this urge to be like, And she's watching over and I'm at peace with it, Mm. but grief doesn't work that way. Uh, It's a consistent part of your life. Um, So I just want if any moms are listening out there, you know, all of your feelings are valid and the dark parts and the happy parts, all of it's valid and bringing it up and facing it is the most healthy thing that you can do, you know, confronting it face head on. Right. Crying if you have to, you know, that's that's how you all oh, that's also energy getting it out.
1: Speaking on the, I just want to shed some light on to the whole what people say to you in these situations, right? Mm-hmm. This is so hard for anyone experiencing loss, you know. And thankfully, someone gifted me that I think it's called the Grief Handbook, and this had a lot, so there's like a whole book on it. And it was just like all the things our society says when death happens and it like really isn't helpful (laughs) and (laughs) makes you angry on this side, you know, like, oh, no, no, they're with you. And I'm like, no, I cannot call my mom up to come over and help me right now. Like things like they're with you or they went to a better place, (laughs) you know, like these little (laughs) <laughs> so, her her face she just gave was like the vomit face, right like just, uh. it's like but I also learned in those moments to have grace for our society who was never taught how to deal with death or grief so you become part of these like clubs that no one wants to be part of you know lost a parent club lost a mom club you know and you for the community part finding other people who could just sit in space with me and not try to talk me out of it, fix me, heal me. That was very helpful. I agree with that. You know, the community part, having people who could just go there with you. So when I started to, my mom passed in 2018 and now even like we just had my auntie just died and my cousin, you know, she's like 25 and I just went right, you know, of course messaged her immediately because I couldn't see her. And then when I was in space with her, it was just like, I'm going to be real with you real quick. (laughs) Like I'm going to bullet point this down and just, I almost have my own little handbook of like, have your own boundaries. It's okay to say, no, you don't have to meet people where they're at. You know what I mean? It's like, we almost in these situations become like, we have to meet other people's needs and where they are and step around there. Issues with death, even though we're experiencing it, you know what I mean. I found that to be very interesting. So I've just tried to like stand up and become helpful for other people who are experiencing this. And and also my Scorpio rising is like, let's get this out of the shadows. Mm -hmm. All this debt, like death, is the most inevitable thing. This is about birth, you know. This whole podcast is about birth and fourth trimester. This is a part of life that is coming for all of us, whether we like it or not. And I think we live in a consciousness level where people are ready to start talking about this, communicating with this, uh, learning about this instead of shoving it behind closed doors Mm. and under rugs. Mm. And I think we're there. We're in this time period. And I love that you said that about your Hispanic, your Hispanic culture. I come from a very Irish culture, Celtic culture, and we created the wake Mm-hmm. And when I learned about the origins of the wake. It wasn't to um, necessarily have everyone line up. The psychology behind it, it was in people's homes. It started in the home. It wasn't in a funeral parlor. And the body would be brought into that, the one space in the, like a gathering space in the house. And the whole town would line up. And it was upon the handshake of, I'm sorry for your loss, where you'd grab someone's hand to make a human connection with them and say, you're basically saying they're gone. This is truth. This is reality. And I'm here to represent life and that they are gone. Right. To let that person have like, you know, that reality of like, this is real. Right. Right they're gone. And I loved when I heard that, like the psychology behind that,
2: have your whole town show up and represent acknowledgement of what you're going through. And, you know, when you just said, you know, what people don't talk about is the things that people say with grief, absolutely. And something else is the people that don't say anything at all. Mm, Right. And you're, you know, it's crazy. Like people that you think, oh, that's my best friend. I can turn to that person, and of course, everybody's you know on their own journey. That maybe they feel uncomfortable and they don't know what to say, and you know it's nothing against that, but it is interesting because you're going through this devastation, and some of the people that you thought would be there aren't, and then some people that you would never expect appear, and it's like this beautiful you know thing. But it's it's it. I think that the acknowledgement. Is such a beautiful gesture of, like you said, about the wake. You know, I acknowledge your loss um, is so important. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. I think one thing, too, Jamie, that came to mind as you were kind of discussing that and that sort of not ritual, but symbol of closure, like kind of thinking back to one of the kind of groups of people that might be without a mom just estranged or maybe adopted or something in some way how challenging that must be to go through this process without ever having like any kind of closure on that so just kind of holding space for that i don't even have no experience but
1: i think that's probably even harder than explaining like oh my mom died you know what i mean like we had a great relationship she's not here like for example we don't have any grandparents really for our child uh, we don't talk to our fathers. They're both essentially estranged, let's say. Um, he has a very non-existent relationship with his mom. We don't have grandparents. Like my my, my child doesn't have grandparents. Um, we stayed so in touch, like we're very close with my stepfather and he's getting remarried next month. So they essentially have adopted the grandparent role, you know, but like my child doesn't have like blood grandparents, And that uh, is, that's affecting, you know what I mean? Like that affects, and I think we're like getting to the places in societies where we are really choosing our families and choosing the communities and choosing love. Uh, You see this healing happening in other places, right? Where people are doing a lot of work in their ancestor realm and with their family lineages, right? <laughs> oh. We have the ability to choose and like make new traditions. I think this it's a very interesting time to be on the planet. So we are accepting, you know, I have so many aunties and so many grandmother energies around my child. She's really got like 15 of them. You know what I mean? So it's very interesting. And that's why this stuff is brought up in the book I'm writing too. Cause I'm like, we need, I have full on chapters that are like healing the mother wounds before we even try to conceive, you know, embodying the mother before we even try to conceive and, and doing that. It's, it's a very interesting time on the planet.
2: I'm I'm sorry. No, no, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I had not conceived after my mom passed I was in a very dark place for three years because I stuffed it down Mm. and I had no guidance really of how to deal with grief I mean it's not embedded into our culture at all you know and And it's were
0: you you 17 or 18
2: I was 20 you were 20 okay I don't know why and and it was I was sick in every way I, I was absolutely a mess. And, um, and if I had had a child, then it would have been, I, I don't know what it would have been. And it's interesting because I've never thought about that until this very moment. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely delayed my grief and was just a mess for a very long time. Um, and so being able to kind of do some of the healing work and, and, you know, has definitely helped me becoming a mom. Mm -hmm. But actually, I remember this one moment that's pretty funny. I was, Sally wouldn't quit crying. Talk about fourth trimester, right? And it's one of those moments where your baby will not stop crying and you feel like you're going to lose your mind. Like you feel like you want to scream at the top of your lungs and you've tried everything. You tried absolutely everything in the book. You know, my sisters would say, give her a bath. And sometimes those things would work, but at this particular moment, it was not working. So I'm sitting there rocking her, just losing my mind. And then I'm like, mom, please help me. Please help this child make her stop crying. And I'm sitting there just praying and I'm getting more and more angry because it's not working. And my mom's not helping this child stop crying. And I'm just sitting there, I mean the pity party was just so intense because I was just like angry at my mom and then angry at everything and I was just like stop crying you know and it was this moment of like you know you're you're trying you're just trying everything to try to bring that in and and uh and yeah it was just kind of this this epic moment that that did not work <laughs> And yeah i mean it you do feel like you do feel like a baby in some ways exactly. when you miss your, when you miss your mom mm-hmm. that you do all of a sudden you become you know you're a grown ass woman yeah. with a baby yeah. and a job and a husband or maybe not whatever your situation might be you're a grown woman and all of a sudden you're four years old just yeah just want your mama
0: <laughs> So it's, it's, uh, I can speak. That's so true. Like, regardless of the fact, I think everybody in some way feels like a baby right right? in the fourth trimester of like, literally just like, who's going to hold me? Like, who's going to help me? Like, right. It's such a mother wound. Like it,
1: the, it triggers so many spokes on the wheel of the mother wound. You know, like even like let's say you like with Alyssa, it was like your parents were in Connecticut. So even you could physically call her up and cry out to her to stop making the baby, you know, help make the baby stop. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm 90 yeah. minutes away. And like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. In either sense, it's like, okay, well <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. And, and I always try to bring humor to this too. I'm like. Me and my sister have been like dying laughing during this whole grieving process as well. You know, like I we're Irish, so we will be the people laughing at funerals. And all my Italian friends are like, you know, just like, oh my God, like you guys are crazy. We we just like to have a good time. So there's been lots of tears and just breakdowns, but also hysterical laughing fits. And we like bring the quirky, annoying things my mom used to do. Oh all yeah. The time. You know what I mean? It's like, we won't let that die either too, though. You know what I mean? Like I I wanted to make sure we don't like sanctify her. I don't know if I'm saying that word right, but like Mm -hmm. turn her into a saint because she's passed. It's like, no, she was a human and she had errors. She was a spiritual teacher to hundreds, which is amazing hundreds, thousands, whatever. But she was also, she had her little OCD quirks and we will remember those things and we will bring it up and we will laugh And my sister will look at me and be like, what do you think mom would say to you right now with you letting Goldie do that? Like, you know what I mean? Like we, it's like, so the spirit is still alive and we could still have a fun time. And the older we get and how we turn into her, And just reflecting that back to each other, you know, like, oh, you are being mom so bad right now. It's just, it's it's like, we can still have fun.
2: Yes. Yes. I love that you said not to, you know, not sanctifying. In fact, it gives me more comfort, not kind of sanctifying because moms are human. And like, when I think back on her mistakes, I see where they were coming from. I could see how maybe in that moment she was so overwhelmed, like us moms are, you know, or whatever, but it's, yeah, I know my sisters and I are always laughing about just the things that she did. And I catch myself always like basically becoming my mom and, you know, sometimes my dad, um, I'll just be talking and I'll look over at him and he'll have tears in his eyes and he'll just kind of like brush it off. And, And I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, the way that you just said that was exactly like your mother. The way that you just handled Sally just then was exactly like your mother. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because uh, even my mother-in-law, who my mother-in-law was close with my mom, too. There's also guilt Mm -hmm. involved Mm -hmm. because you're enjoying this child and you're enjoying them growing up and... You know that, you know, that that my mom doesn't get to, doesn't get to, I mean, I'm, my mom will get a kick out of my daughter. I mean, my daughter is hilarious and crazy and funny and loving. And my mom, I mean, my mom, she would just have my mom wrapped around her finger. And so then obviously, like I was saying, it spins you into this grief pattern that you have to kind of bring yourself back from and how am I going to, you know handle it or whatever but anyway yeah I don't know the non-sanctifying I love that you said that because it's so true um you know nobody's perfect also with the
1: anger I want to I love that you brought up anger and all the other emotions the spectrum of emotions that come with grief and it hits you like grief you know I it's like I think you already spoke on this right it's a ever evolving thing it does not go away you know once i learned that i was like okay and it hits you out of nowhere it's like i'm on the floor watching frozen and i'm like oh i know you know like mom in
2: huh. the thing you oh, know have I'm, you seen have you seen brave yeah i almost i almost had to walk out of the movie theater i was like oh.
0: <laughs> i think all of those movies are i feel like a freaking baby every <laughs> single time why the parent always has to die too I have no idea well they didn't in Brave but still just like the lessons and oh my god
2: in Brave I was literally sitting there and every single moment that would pass I was like are you freaking kidding me right now <laughs> it's all mom I wish I had said this to you and oh and I'm like I hate this movie
1: <laughs> thank you for Disney for letting us
2: Right. <laughs>
1: I've been seeing a lot of um, videos. I've been seeing a lot of videos about the males and husbands and dads also crying their eyes out right. during Disney movies lately, and I'm like, yes, because my husband—that is absolutely. Yeah, they really need to feel it too.
0: Kind of well, speaking of husbands too. So you know, it's funny because I hadn't really thought about this before. I was, was so focused on mothers, but just thinking. Um, so in our situation, Bill's dad died when Eddie was a year old. And I do think about, like, as you two have been talking about it, like thinking about what he has gone through and how, you know, how impactful that's it been too, to kind of go through all that, like without his father, right? you know, like it's, you know, losing any kind of parent. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's
1: no comparison. I, you know, like, I've, I've seen that almost like there is a compare and I get it's like mother and father play totally two different roles and it's beautiful. But like the idea of losing a parent, whether you have kids or not. Right. And earlier, we're all experiencing this a lot earlier nowadays. So this is new, you know, like living a long life, unfortunately kind of ended with like our grandparents' generations. How many grandparents have outlived their own children? So in our shoes, like this is, it's like an epidemic of this. We are putting our parents in the ground while our children are in diapers. That type of behavior hasn't been around since, I don't know, 15 to a thousand years ago. And of course we could have a whole talk on why that's happening, but we don't need to. It's happening Uh, Like for example, two out of three of us on this call right now, it lost our parent at a very young age. That's not normal, right? So it's like forcing us to face this, forcing us to face death, forcing us to grieve openly, public or whatever you know, just grieve it all. It's a very
2: my husband's father passed when he was five, so we definitely have you know that you know, uh, dynamic in our household. Um, I definitely brought back celebrating Dia de los Muertos, Mm -hmm. um, because it's like, how do I honor this in a way that is uplifting and, you know, um, so it's, it's kind of nice to be able to sit around and tell stories and, but it is, it, it, it's a very strange, strange dynamic, right? Because you just wish it was different, but at the same time, it's, it's just a part of your, a part of your life. I just, I'm glad that nowadays it's becoming, you know, now, now we have a huge like wellness um, yeah. uptick. So grief is really being addressed a lot more. Um, when I lost my mom, like I said, it, it was like, Nothing. In fact, I I remember one of my friends saying to me, um, you know, you have to move on because uh, kids are supposed to lose their parents. And I was like, so then I felt invalidated because I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm walking down the street and everybody else is moving on. And I bet they've lost their parents and they're going on. Why am I having such a hard time Mm -hmm. But it's because it was like this undercurrent that nobody ever really addressed and it just kind of manifests in resentment and then heart disease and then you know like all the things. And so I'm hoping that it that it that it's gonna continue to morph as being, you know, almost like a medical ailment that you have to treat, that you have to yes. have, that you have to bring up, that, you know, just just like, uh, you know, you have a headache or your shoulder hurts or whatever it is, it has to be addressed. This is a different type of pain, but it's still pain. It's a signal to your brain and your body that you need to heal it. You know, that's what pain is, is a symbol of, but it's, um, it's just a crazy, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy journey, you know, definitely.
1: In traditional Chinese medicine, I'm pretty sure, correct me, either of you, but grief shows up in the lungs and the heart space. Like it is literally right here.
2: Well, what I found is that in my practice, I don't know a lot about Chinese medicine, but the diaphragm Mm. holds a lot of grief because you hold your breath when you're grieving to hold in. So a lot of people have like Breathing problems. And what happens is the muscles between the ribs begin to tighten so that your ribs can't physically open as much. So then it's not even like a a challenge of, like, oh, let me just take some deep breaths or because your body physically has already constricted to that point.
0: So Mm -hmm. when I was
2: learning the diaphragm release with cups, I was in a certification, one of my certification courses, and they said, you know, who wants to volunteer to get on the table? And I was like, me totally not thinking anything about it. Um, And I put my arms up and they go with the cup to pull the diaphragm down. I mean, I jumped off the table. They were like, how do you feel? I was like, oh, great. I can breathe. I'll be right back. I went into the bathroom and I bawled like a baby. I sat on the nasty floor and I was just like, because it just everything came out something you know and then when I start, you know integrating Reiki into it you see that you hold a lot so I guess you yeah, have the lungs right like just kind of like who and then also like the throat my my I don't know if this is for everybody but my throat chakra is the first to close always I just and you know and so it, it is very much like here um, and I'm pointing to my chest and my throat for everybody else, but that's normal. If you feel that tightness, when you experience grief, um, so, so. when are you
1: coming back to Connecticut,
2: <laughs> you want a nice little release? <laughs> yeah. I want to know more about this cup thing. Yeah. I, don't know, I yeah. know what cupping
1: is, but like, are you trained in cupping and you use that as your pra- in your practice?
2: Yeah, I'm a cupping specialist. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my one of my modalities that I'm the most obsessed with for sure. Uh, and I know that there are ways to release the diaphragm without cups. It's a little bit more invasive. Uh, because you kind of have to go underneath the rib cage and you know the cups do that in a way that's not so intense which I like but also even if you're not releasing the diaphragm um, you can get cups at home and just go on the outskirts of the rib cage you know work the outskirts of the rib cage I don't know if you can see me but um, basically what you would do is kind of go in between the ribs mm-hmm. and get into each one of the muscles with your fingers, like, um, you know, massaging. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's but, yeah, the, yeah, that the holding the breath, is uh is one of the key elements when you're when you're really in that mode, like you said, uh, Jamie, how it can how grief can catch you out of nowhere, right? You're at the grocery store, and all of a sudden you're getting something for your kids, and you remember, oh, my mom used to used mm-hmm. to get me that, and then it's like, oh, and then you're like, I can't do this here, yep. and so you just. You know, hold your breath and try to get out of there, and try to stuff it down, and you're like, "I'll deal with you later," <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but yeah, you you, it, you know, there's a lot of studies, um, of you know what grief physically does to the body, especially when it's not addressed, and you have kind of these stereotypes <sighs> of, of you know the the widow. Well, first of all, the widower. Right. Right. How uh, when people are elderly and they lose their wife, they tend to go not long after.
0: Yeah. I mean, my,
2: my yeah. Grand- yeah, my grandmother passed away and we lost my grandfather within a year afterwards. Damn. And That's it's because you don't when they're, when you really it just sinks into your physical body. And, uh, you know, how do you deal with that when you have a newborn, (laughs) right? It's,
0: it's a lot. You haven't even touched that, right? That's why we always talk about how motherhood, which is why I think it's so powerful. It's these little things that just hit us in ways that we didn't even know possible, you know, things, old things coming up and, you know, forces us to really, I think, face and address some of this stuff. And, Again, like as, as you ladies have been talking, I can't help, this is a completely different topic, but I can't help to just bring in my own experience of pregnancy loss and how that grief came back with, um, with the birth of Charlie. And it's funny because yesterday was national rainbow baby day, um, which is, I mean, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) That's what I read on Instagram anyway. (laughs) But, um, yeah, but it's, you know, it's wild. Like there, there are, I think, I think in the fourth trimester, you're so vulnerable for so many reasons in so many ways that something that's so personal, like the loss of a parent or, you know, any kind of close loss rate like that, you know, it's just like, Like it's, it's right there, you know, it's, it's right there. And so easily comes through, which is why I think too, you know, a lot of our listeners I know have dealt with postpartum anxiety and, or postpartum depression and that extreme anger that can come along with postpartum depression. You know, I think that the loss, any kind of loss will say, you know, And that grief just adds such an extra layer, you know, an element to the tenderness, you know, of that time. And I think with that being said, you know, because I love Kathleen, how when you started, you were right away, just kind of giving your, what you've learned from the situation and tips for people. I think that's a real big one for anybody who has experienced any kind of loss to take away of like, all right, this may hit you. Those cycles that have been coming up, you know, ever since that loss, like, they are probably going to hit you hard during that time. And just like even more important, I think to have, whether it be a therapist or a family member or for, you know, whatever that support is, you know, I think it's just more, more important, maybe, you know, for somebody who, who has had that. And I think probably most of us have experienced grief in one way or another, you know, at this point, whether it's, you know, loss of a Loved one, a friend. I mean, God. Like on this planet, we've lost pet. so many people. Yeah, the pet. How how that hits. The pet? Oh, yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. part of the humans' losses. Loss,
2: loss of a business. Loss right. of a great loss of a dream.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right,
2: right. right. This circles all the way back to our first episode,
1: Alyssa. Come on, right? And we talked about. It. I know. Always does. We, and we brought up the loss of the maiden that I help people with, you know, like you're a mother now. Right. But you are grieving a part of you (laughs) that is essentially gone. Like you're not in the maiden anymore. You were now in the mother.
2: It's so true. It's so true. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, so funny the other day too. Cause you know, Sally's like turning, she's six. So she's kind of at that age of like, I'm not that cool anymore type of thing. And I'm like, I was very cool before this whole thing happened.
0: (laughs) I can attest to that. Kathleen was very cool. She's still very cool. (laughs) I'm
2: like, I was,
0: but yeah, you have to say
2: goodbye to certain, certain aspects of, of, you know, uh, your life and you're in charge of a little human and You know, and it's interesting, too, that we're talking about this because my husband and I want to try for another one coming up this fall. Perhaps we're thinking about it, but it is, you know, it drags it all up.
0: (laughs) You know, it does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that was a part of our conversation where I was like, you need, you need to tap into this podcast. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes. Oh man, it does. It's, it's, um, it's just very, it's very intense, you know, but I, I, you know, when I was healing from grief, like I said, you know, I was lost for about three years mm-hmm. and I'm writing a book about grief as well, but who knows when that's going to be finished. Cause I've only, I've like, it's like every year I write like two chapters. So who knows when that's going to happen, but Um, you know, I first found positive psychology in college and it really helped to kind of change everything for me because I did, I really personally, I didn't relate with the term PTSD Mm -hmm. from watching my mom pass away. I didn't relate with that, but positive psychology brought in a different aspect that didn't make me feel so broken. So I kind of went on that path. And then um, I did a year trip around the world. And I was picking up all of these different ways to deal with my grief, from different countries and different cultures. And that's how I healed. But it also was like, okay, I'm sitting on this gold mine of how I healed that took me a very long time to put together. And so now I'm like, I need to share it with you know, everybody else. And it, cause it was quite the journey and it took me a very long time to be able to say, you know, yeah, I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm this, I'm lonely. I'm feeling all of the, the grief things. And it's a symbol of how beautiful yeah. my relationship was and being able to kind of understand energy and and that you know you have to face it and bring it up and and that we're community animals. That's one thing that I really want to emphasize for anybody that's listening <clears throat> is you really think like I'll handle this on my own and and you will be able to of course um but reaching out is so important and making sure that you are finding friends and people that you can speak with openly and honestly and therapists um specializing in grief I mean there's there's a reason for that yeah. and um you know and yeah so it's and if you don't have friends that you feel comfortable with like Jamie was saying you know there's there's groups out there there's also you become part of a club and so you just have to find find the club members <laughs> and uh, yeah yeah And you
1: find your other people to like, Alyssa gets my eight 30 at night texts about teething, you know, like you have the people that you can reach out to and know when you can reach out to, or I have my mom's around. I'm like, yeah, no, bring them over. Go ahead. Let me, let me experience this. Or, you know, just the depths of talks that you can get into with people that you can open up with. Also in this realm of grief, I think it's tied into shame a lot. There's a lot of shame around grief and all of it. Right. Uh, similar to the shame that is inundated in the motherhood realm, like the mom shaming is just wild, you know? And I think I'm like, what source of grief are we not addressing here? Like what emotions are we not addressing here for us to be shaming other people? Right. Type of thing. So to find people that, you know, you can be open and vulnerable with, like we've shared in this podcast, like, really intense emotional aspects of parenting like you and I have gone there with stories that you can't write about on social media cuz you'll be attacked you know like little things like that like i think for us to be able to find groups that we can authentically be us not only in the grief world but mm-hmm. in what is happening yeah and i think that's why we miss our mom so much because the mother holds that space that mm. let's just say that non-judgmental loving yeah. unconditional fucking loving space right and that's what we're missing so if you are missing that even if your mom's alive or right because then there's a lot of judgmental mothering going on too but finding people who are not going to judge you in these real life situations I think is so important
2: yeah absolutely absolutely That's that's yeah And
0: they're they're out there, you know, no matter where you are, like they're out there. Like Kathleen and I were talking earlier about like how many, how many amazing moms I've met on Instagram. I'm I'm, like met some of my like closest friends at this point on freaking Instagram, you know, even locally. I literally just this morning, I met up with, you know, another mom like-minded and she actually wants to start a parenting circle, like in person around here, you know? So like these things are happening, they're popping up. And if anybody is having any trouble finding any of that support, you know, that's what we're all here for. So don't ever be afraid to reach out to, you know, to any of us to kind of help find some direction. Um, well, it's like, um, sorry, go ahead. No. Oh, I was going to just, I was just thinking about what, um,
2: Jamie said and what you were just saying about reaching out and, and the, the shame and the reason that you need to find other people. So there's mom shame, right. And there's mom guilt. Mm. um, but also one of the elements of grieving right okay so what's very interesting is that children don't feel like their parents have emotions because they know that they'll always be there for them mm-hmm. so that's why p- kids will like hurt their parents feelings and they don't they don't register that their parents have feelings mm-hmm. because they're like this source of stability Mm -hmm. And so you're, you know, the way that you treat your parent, when you're growing up, you're not saying to yourself, Oh, you know, maybe I hurt my mom's feelings. Like, no, you don't do that. Right. So then when you become a mom and you think back on how you didn't consider your mom's feelings, you have the guilt, of how you treated your mom as you become a mom and you're like this is what she was going through and why couldn't i have seen that in the moment oh i'm going to cry but it's it's a whole thing of you know oh that one time she just wanted me to go to the movies with her she mm-hmm. just wanted and i just had to be with my friends and i didn't even think about it and what i wouldn't give to go to the movies with her right now and it's like just sh- and then you have the mom shame so you're just guilt on top of shame on top of shame on top of shame <laughs> and it's oh. like, it's like no reprieve, you know. But then you also realize as a mom like she wouldn't want me to feel that. Like if she knew that I felt that, she would be like, "Oh my god, don't, you know, don't worry about it because that's how I would with my daughter if I passed away and she was beating herself up, I'd be like, "Yeah, don't do that," you know? Like but it's the the mom shaming is is compounded. <laughs> yeah. You think-
1: on the other end of the spectrum, we will remember, because we all have littles right now. We will remember when our kids want nothing to do with us and they want to be with their friends and they want to can hang out and we're not cool that we were there too. I always am trying to like, you know, yeah. set myself up for that. I'm like, I, she is, she loves me. She wants to be around me right now. We are having a good time. I'm going to fucking have a good time with her now. Yes. And I hope and hope that we will have that cool mom-
0: daughter teenage relationship, but she's got to want to be with her friends and her whatever. At the same time, I think we are like this generation and our our community is doing such a different style of raising children than what we grew up with. Even though our parents had the best intentions and everything, we are so much more conscious, so much more aware, you know? And like that, I think things are going to be so differently because we're not trying to control our children we are alongside our children being mentors, like the whole basis of my Reiki Like a Mother program. Like I was on a call with a client earlier today and we're literally talking about cord cutting, you know, and helping, you know, helping release the negative energies that she's picked up from toxic family members of hers. Talk about needing to find your own family and create your own preferred, you know, family in your community. And then also, you know, helping her um, with how to release that stuck and stored energy that she's holding onto from the toxic family members. And Mm. this is really important because our children, because the more and more I'm doing these pediatric sessions, which are insane, the more that I'm seeing how much these children um, have within their energy field already from Mm. others. from, you know, family members and of course ourselves and stuff and from other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think our, our children, at least our children (laughs) are going to have, you know, a very different, you know, life than what we had. I mean, does that mean that, you know, we're not going to be able to like kiss them goodbye in public, you know, in high school anymore. Right. Like, of course, but I think as far as like that, I mean, that trust you know, that, that vulnerability, that feeling safe to, to feel and talk about certain things. And, you know, like my parents, you know, loved me dearly and loved me dearly and everything, but at the same time, like the level of control, you know, and everything for me at the time, like I, you know, I even find that sometimes I struggle to open up, you know, with my own mom because of certain things. Right. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think that we need to really tap in into all of these tools and yeah. each other, right? And like, like we always say, right? Like allowing ourselves to be held by others, you know, and also kind of incorporating and passing along how we're doing this. Like, I think that's the coolest thing is that like, you know, Kathleen, Sally's watching you continue to go through the grieving process, right? Mm -hmm. She's watching you have these memories of your mom, bring it back to something happy. You know, when I work with, I don't like specifically work with my clients on grief, but when my clients come in, you know, Mm -hmm. who have a lot of grief and I see that, you know, the ones who are really in it are so stuck on the loss aspect of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and aren't at that point yet where they're ready to look at that other side of like, all the happy memories, all of the things that they're grateful for and the lessons and, you know, the funny things like Jamie, you're talking about, right? The laughing and, you know, all of that stuff. So, you know, I think it is, it's so powerful when we do this work and how much we pass this along because our children are going to, God willing, lose us too someday, right? And not the other way around. Um. So, so these are all things that, you know, that are important that we talk about and learn new ways to talk about. And I think even the concept of loss and grief is so different in how, like we've talked, how we're talking about this in our generation versus when we were growing up. And Kathleen, I don't know if it was different for you because of your culture and stuff and how you remember, but you know, like I, my dad had a conversation with Eddie about death once. I don't know how this topic came up. But I actually had gotten a, a text from the director at his daycare about good heaven and bad heaven. Ah, 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 when he, when he told uh, Carmelo that he was a bad boy and he was going to bad heaven, I was like, "Where?" I'm like, "There's only one place you could have heard that from." No, no, um, which is my dad. Yeah. So, like, you know, I I and Bill and I are like, we didn't we wanted to have this conversation because. We don't personally believe in heaven and hell, you know what I mean? Like we like this is not the this is not how we want our child to think about death or the after death or God or you know, anything it's complicated. Like that. It is very, very complicated. Yes. And Kathleen you and I talked about this too, but right? Like, like, oh my God, how do, how to do really and then the questions that come up and you're like, Good question. Oh, I and I, you know, and uh, like I just do my best to just answer very honestly without, you know, the fear, right, component of it. And then because it's like, well, I don't want to die. I don't want to go to heaven. I don't wa-. and he actually recently told me that he hates heaven because I think he's just scared, <laughs> scared of all of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because we do talk about pop up Gordy, you know, who died and we have pictures of him and we talk about him all the time, obviously, right? And um and things. And it's also I think really cool. Um and it'll be interesting as Goldie gets older and when she's more verbal and, and things. Oh yeah. You know, she picks up on your mom and and everything else because I know even Eddie and, and my niece as well, because both hey, of them what? Jamie, what's your daughter's name? Goldie.
1: Oh her name's Marigold. Marigold Soleil.
2: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Alyssa. That oh, makes okay is just so special. Well,
1: I wanted to say to you, too, because your daughter's name is Sally oh, Rose. Oh, cute. You, yours is Sally Rose. Okay, so I my name's Jamie Rose. I know I saw that. and my mom's name was Rose. And as soon as you said Sally Rose, I was like, our two moms fucking brought this whole thing together.
2: Oh my God
1: them and Alyssa made this happen because this oh needed God. to happen. there It's all spirit connection right now. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry Alyssa keep going about the the explanation of of
0: passing it's a beautiful topic I just got caught because oh no uh-huh. my god I love that name <laughs> anyway go ahead and she is golden she is a like a a gold like her energy is her that her and Charlie are just like are they the same age they, they are she, yeah they're what six weeks apart weeks apart yeah. I don't remember yeah um yeah yeah, it's magical. Um, You're but, saying, oh, yeah, like, no, I'm saying like, like the psychic.
1: Like their psychic abilities opening up and connecting with the other side. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 I can't wait to see like what the Charlies and the, the Goldie, you know what I mean? Like what they say. Because even Goldie started saying Nana and my mom, even though we're Grammys, we're Irish, we're Scottish, you know what I mean? And, but I remember my mom being, she, she thought she was Italian her whole lifetime. I don't fucking know. And she wa- wanted that like Nana. And she started pointing at- over my head and saying Nana. And I'm like, oh, this is going to get real interesting in the next few years with her.
2: When Sally was little teeny tiny and she just started to walk, she would, I, I can feel where my mom is in the room. Like mm-hmm. I can feel it, And she would walk up to exactly where I could feel it. She put her arm mom- up, up.
1: Oh my god! I love how she froze right she froze she- on that. <laughs> the
2: question, what you, you froze-, froze
0: right on that? We were like, oh my she's god,
2: like <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, no, but she's uh, she asks a ton of questions in Uralis, so It is very complicated to explain, and we we've had a lot of um of instances of like, okay, because you know I. I basically, I keep it very general. I want her to be able to develop her own beliefs. I think it's a very personal experience. Um, so I just guide her into, into spirituality in general. And I say, you know, Gra- grandma Teresa's watching over you because she is, I can feel it, but do I know the specifics? Uh, I'm not going to pretend to, right? And so, um, but I, I generally say in the sky, right? I don't believe in heaven and hell either because of the fear that comes with it, but that's a whole different topic. But, um, I say in the sky, right? So then w- one day she, a ball rolled into the thing and she started going into the road. And I said, no, no, no. I said, you, if a car comes, you'll get hit, you'll get squished like a bug. And she goes, um, but it's okay. Cause I'll go into the sky and grandma Teresa and grandpa Kenny will take care of me. And I was like, Oh God, how do I, <laughs> I, that, you know, back her. I know it's it, it, it gets so complicated <laughs> with their questions she's like okay and then you know when we were going on a plane she goes okay so when we go on the plane we can see grandma Teresa oh. and then I'm like oh. and then you know it's like a whole thing of all of these questions that come up and if I'm just kind of sitting there if she notices that maybe I'm a little bit down one day or something she'll come up and say do you miss your mom she knows that it's a huge part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another element too, is like we were talking about like not stuffing it down and like bringing it up and being able to face yeah. it. Talking about and bringing those memories like you were saying of, of joking about your mom and her qualities and so talking about them also keeps them alive in some way. Yeah. And so Sally knows a lot about my mom and she knows a lot about you know because i'm always talking about her um, but the but the the questions are always kind of catch me off guard of well what happens well i don't get it and you know it's like where is she and i'm like oh is this it's a question that i've been navigating for a very long time <laughs> you know so uh, but yeah it's it's explaining I mean, death is hard for us to understand as adults, as a child, it's it's incredibly hard.
1: I love how we're bringing light to the fact that this generation that we're in, we are able to visit visibly express our feelings and everything we're feeling in front of our children versus the it's behind closed doors, get out, you know, remove it. Don't ever let the kids see you upset. Don't let the kids see us fight. Don't let the kids see us cry. You know, like that. We had generations before us, they'd go into their room to cry. Mm -hmm. My grandmother, I remember that, right? And now we're like, I'll just cry in front of Goldie. I'm like, why am I going to run into another room right now? She needs to see me. And then I let her have her process. If she wants to cry and come over and be like, you know, she doesn't speak. She's 15 months. You know, like I let her and sometimes she'll cry with me because she can see me crying. I let her have that. You know what I mean, and I won't feel bad about that. And I just explain to her I'm okay and I'm right here, but I am feeling deeply right now. Like I'll say these things to her. You know what I mean? And oh just let her God. have that.
0: Or they'll yeah. come here and want to console. Yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah the the more you know, like I've talked about a lot, and I'm sure you can relate to Kathleen, right? Just like the whole how much we've learned at this stage, right? Because our 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 oldest, are my oldest and Sally are six months apart. So, um, so just like how much I know I have learned how to teach more from myself going through these experiences and how I say it out loud, because, you know, the whole like idea of conscious parenting, respectful parenting, and a lot of the processes that come with that are things that I have now integrated you know, over the years definitely wasn't like this initially, right? But right. now, and especially now that he just has more cognitive abilities and can understand more, right? And I, in hindsight, right, he could understand the whole time. I just didn't communicate with him the way that maybe I do with Charlie now or that I do with him, right? Um, but with that, you know, like there was recently, um, I might have told this story before on here, but it was recent. Um, he was, you know, we were getting ready for school. I was feeling really rushed. And I was just kind of one of those days of like everything piling up, and um, you know, I just got really mad, and um, you know, and and whatever. And then when we got in the car, I was like, I'm, "I'm sorry, I got I got angry. I felt really stressed because I'm I'm late. Like I'm sorry, like I'm." And he's like, "It's okay. Everybody gets angry sometimes. Like he, you know, and and he's done that a couple times since then with other things, like with crying. Like oh, it's okay because everybody cries sometimes, you know, or." like whatever I can't remember who we said it to it was so off guard it was so cute and just so like like again this is what's different with our children you know what I mean like this is this is what's different is that that openness and that awareness most of us as adults are just now learning what it's like to feel you know to feel these things or this these different aspects of ourselves and um and, you know, our kids are, are having that opportunity. And it doesn't matter if, you know, like, again, I wish I, I've said all the time, I wish I knew now what I, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now, you know, for Eddie, but um, couldn't have gone through all of that, or I wouldn't know this if I didn't go through, you know, whatever I did, like in that situation. So I think no matter what child you're eight, what age your child is, okay, we're getting towards the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy needs a snack. Look Um, how quick,
1: fat, how quickly our consciousness is jumping in five years. Like you did the best of your ability with what you knew, with tools you had then, right? And look where we are just five years later on the planet. Like, whoa, whoa, that's pretty cool, you know? And think the next five. Good God, where are we going to be? Think for Eddie, a five-year-old to say that to come out of a boy's mouth when what historically has been told to him not him because he wasn't here for it is boys don't cry suck it up essentially don't feel right right now we've got five-year-old boys comforting other people who are feeling deeply absolutely yes like we're there we're here you know like we've arrived
2: yes yes
0: absolutely 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 Well, so as we kind of begin to wrap up here too, Kathleen, we'd love if you could just share how people can be in touch with you. You shared some of the amazing tools that you have, um, you know, available and you have an online store too. So anybody can participate. Do you still do online classes as well? Or is it? Yeah,
2: so all of our yoga and meditation classes are live streamed from our studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anybody can tune in and we also uh, put all of our classes in a library so it's an on demand library so if there's anybody that maybe might not be on the same time, you know time zone or can't make the classes. Um, they can always check in there, and then we have an online shop that is stocked with, um, I think over twenty-five different herbal products uh, that I've created. And there's CBD products, um, herbalism products, but we also have um, products from other businesses. So you know, I know ashwagandha helps me a lot with my anxiety. So we have ashwagandha capsules and all sorts of stuff on there. Um, and of course, these are all tools. Uh, that can be used to assist any type of journey, whether you're a mom or whether you're dealing with grief or, you know, these are, these are things kind of to have in your tool belt as you navigate. Um, And then I'll, you know, for people that are in the area, I am a massage therapist and a Reiki master and I, um, and I do, you know, body work. Um, So, but if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to growwellnesstherapy.com. You can also email office at growwellnesstherapy.com and yeah, definitely come, come check us out for sure. I feel
1: like I, at the end of every episode, I'm like, okay, I need this. I need the
0: pelvic floor lady. I need the, like this. I almost texted you this morning asking if you called the chiropractor yet. No, I need to. No, she didn't. Okay. (laughs)
1: I <laughs> Literally every episode is a resource I know yeah. this podcast and I'm yeah. just get like, that list oh I want to meet her oh I need to do this
2: yeah well I mean it's it's like I said it's it's one of those things that I studied all over the world to create this toolbox of you know what what helped me which was a lot of yoga a lot of meditation a lot of self-reflection that was very much my avenue and then you know herbalism you know my is definitely uh, part of part of my family and and so it all just kind of developed from there but yeah all of the tools all the resources like we were saying community animals you know there's so much out there like don't ever limit yourself to let me try this one therapy oh it didn't work therefore i'm out like you have to explore and see what works for you because everybody heals differently. What might totally be the cure-all for one person might not necessarily be the situation or the recipe
0: that somebody else has going on, you know? Um, I so, think even the individual, depending on what stage of your life, what's going on, you know, you're, it's oh, that's why this is such a, it's, it's an evolving area, right, of just... Self personal development, right? Because we're always going to be needing different tools and, and different things. That's awesome. So we're going to put all that information in the show notes. Um, I'll just share, I you know I've shared it on here before, but my Reiki Like a Mother program, I'll just pop the link in these show notes again too, um, just because how, how this um, tool might be helpful, especially in kind of, you know, clearing some of that energy, like we talked about, And Jamie, is there anything that you, that you want to highlight today, whether or not be related to this topic or not, anything big you have going on? I would just say, honestly, I'm excited for your book to come out, Kathleen.
1: And when, no pressure, no pressure, just (laughs) excited that there are other people writing about this. (laughs) <laughs> and i can't wait for my book to come out about these topics. My, mine is more so for like the energetic and spiritual side of conceiving. I had a bunch of losses before. Wow. This. And my first miscarriage was when my mom was dying. So talk about soul <laughs> work, like the womb I came out of was dying and my womb was experiencing death all in me oh that's but i wanted to say real quickly this is why you're like you're a perfect example of earth classroom the earth classrooms you have been through in this lifetime is what got you to where you are now and i hope that our listeners can see this it beautifully in all of our guests that we've had on this is that these pressure cooker really intense life experiences look what blossoms out of it the work you're here to do so I just support you in this journey and I can't wait to meet you and I will just energetically support you from one person who's like I gotta get this into a book
2: well, I, you know, can't, that? I can't wait to read your book too I'm so excited that is amazing and you're right it is kind of earth experiences I love that you just said that the earth classroom because that's the whole thing how we were were talking about how grief you know healing from grief is not like a destination it's just part of who you are that's the whole reason I named my business grow wellness is because you don't arrive at these destination happiness you know it's the path is happiness or the path is growing and and you're constantly kind of creating and and growing from your earth classroom it was brilliant Jamie I love that (laughs) and for anyone who's like okay you guys are cute with these books that aren't out yet um
1: but can't wait to get them (laughs) just the truth of the matter I have found other books that people like there are a bunch of books on grief now and it was so helpful it was like so validating. I think the grief handbook I keep saying that. I really hope that's what the name is. Um, but I actually have like four books on my bookshelf that have wow. to do with grief. So we are in a changing time. I feel like besides the God books, there was no book on grief like back nice. in 80s, yes. you know, God has got you. like what the? Fuck? Okay, you know what I mean? like right. so now we finally have education. so please anyone hearing this, Get some of these on your bookshelf, have them sitting around even one to two of these chapters will reset your, your
0: mindset around this. Absolutely. Yeah. Send me a list of those and we'll add them. We'll add them to the notes too. Okay. Even if it's just the handbook one. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you have time for beautiful well thank you ladies so much for oh such a great conversation jamie and i say every time after we get off that was the best episode ever and i'm just gonna say it again like this is the best conversation ever i know and i Um, i love that you have that you're closing it because i'm like
2: i could talk about this forever forever forever.
1: (laughs) we also say that about every episode too we're like yeah that could have gone on for another hour yeah 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 yeah. 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 or six or seven
0: exactly (laughs) (laughs) thank you ladies and thank you for all of our listeners and always asking to share you know share this podcast with somebody who you know needs it um leave a review leave a a comment you know or just reach out to to any of us and just let us know you know how you're doing how you're feeling and thank you all again and have a wonderful rest of your day
1: bye